Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it. Again? I'm back at it again, man. I am back at it again, and boy, am I hyped. We got a lot to discuss tonight, a lot to, do, a lot to talk about with the New York Jets. We all know training camp has begun, uh, you know, for the Jets, the rookies reported on the 19th. The veterans will be reporting on the 26th, so that's a couple days away. A lot of discussion to be had surrounding the Jets. There's been a lot of moves, a lot of things that we've done as well with the roster. We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about some signings that we've able to be, that we've been able to make as well. So, before I get into all that stuff, listen, let me, let me kick off the show. I am the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Listen, folks, your boy is also on iTunes, man. I'm on iTunes as well. For those of you that want to listen to the podcast, you know what I'm saying, go on over to iTunes, check on in, okay, The Long Beach Joe Show, The Long Beach Joe Show. Go on over there, okay, subscribe to that uh, show over there, and leave me a five-star. You know what I'm saying? Leave me some feedback. Let me know what you folks think about what I'm doing over here. I want to thank everyone that does do that, you know, I get some feedback. People let me know how they feel about the show, what they're thinking about what I'm doing here. I appreciate that stuff, man. So please continue to do that. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, listen to your boy's show. Listen to the podcast. Also, those on Blog Talk Radio as well, salutes to you as well. Blog Talk Radio backslash Long Beach Joe Show. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and listen to the show on there as well. And I'm also on YouTube too. For those of you that want to see your boy on YouTube, okay, I have a face made for TV. That's, that's what some people say. That's all. I'm just reporting the news here. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you what people tell me is that, you know, Joe, you, you're, you're a solid-looking dude. You know what I'm saying? You're a solid-looking dude. So when I look at this situation, I say, all right, well, come on over to YouTube, okay? Come on over to YouTube, which is Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. All right, you come on over there, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Uh, so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. We have a lot of fun. We do a lot of great things over there, um, over here. And, and we, you know, we get it in. A lot of salutes to all the savages in the chat going back and forth constantly, you know what I'm saying, having a lot of fun, talking about the Jets quite a bit, and uh, just having a blast. So come on over, subscribe, and uh, like I said, hit that notification bell, give those videos a thumbs up, share them with your friends and your family as well so you can connect with other people. Um, you know, also your boy is on Twitter as well, social media. Listen, Twitter, go on over at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe, that's the show's page. Go ahead and follow, follow you right back. Let's go back and forth, talk about the New York Jets, talk about what we got going on here, talk about, you know, all the moves that we made. So we have a lot of fun there. Some people just want to talk to me about life. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? I go back and forth on there as well. Also, my personal page is at YoungJ000. So come on by, you know, follow me. I'll follow you right back, and let's go back and forth about this football team. So with all of that said, man, it's time to get into it. Listen, the New York Jets have been doing quite a bit, quite a bit. You know what I'm saying? We all know training camp is getting going. Um, you know, everything that's popping and moving. Around, uh, there's been a lot of, lot of movement among, along the roster as well. Um, 
when you look at the Jets, uh, you know, when you look at the New York Jets right now, again, training camp started on 19 uh, for the rookies, uh, the rookie situation right now. Um, guys have come in. Everything's going well. Again, on the 26th, the veterans will start. Uh, but there's been some guys that have already, you know, kind of hit that, that, that injury list. We saw Jeremy Rucker right now. He's on the non-football injury list uh, due to a foot injury that he's had uh, since February. He actually suffered the foot injury at the Senior Bowl after, I think, his plantar officiitis. That's what he's got. Um, and so, you know, they're taking it easy with him. Again, he's a guy that, you know, young tight end that we just got in the draft. Uh, CJ, you know, we've got CJ as well at that position. We've got Tyler Conklin, too. Sucks to see him kind of start on the NFI, but again, with that plantar, you know, fasciitis, you want to give him enough time to kind of heal up. Again, he's been dealing with that quite a bit, and that's something that seriously can continue to reoccur if you do not allow it time to heal up. Now, I would be a little bit more concerned about the tight end position if, or I would be a little bit more concerned about this injury to Jeremy Rucker at the tight end position if we didn't already have two really solid options there. I want him to give enough time for Jeremy Rucker to deal with this situation, deal with this injury, and then us be able to move forward. So I have no issues with him, uh, you know, kind of sitting back on that NFI list until he's really fully healed and ready to go. Because, again, we know that that plantar injury is something that can continue to reoccur and really cost you a lot of issues, you know, uh, trying to play with it because we've seen it really halt players' careers. So before I continue on and talk about this, this New York Jets football team and training camp and everything that we've got going. Listen, everyone knows that I love to connect with New York Jets fans. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that I really enjoy talking to my Jets brothers and sisters, getting about, sharing a lot of information and talking about what's going on with this football team. And when you talk about bringing people together, you got to talk about Jets fan clubs. They're all over the place. They're all over, you know, the United States. They're bringing people together. No matter where you're at, you know, hey, there's going to be someone that's going to be wearing green, just like me, that's going to be sitting down and watching this football team, you know, through the pain, through the misery, through the struggle, and also through the good times, you know what I'm saying, the big wins, all that stuff. So with all that said, I would like to introduce, okay, San Francisco Jets Club, Jets fan club member, Dean Barbella. He's going to come on, and he's going to talk to us about everything that they're doing there in San Francisco. Dean, salutes to you. Welcome to the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing today, my friend? Nah, saluting you, Long Beach. Uh, this is the first time for me seeing you on camera, so I'm a little starstruck this time. I know I've been on a couple times before, but you're a handsome man. I'm trying to focus. <laughs> listen, I, listen, Dean, salutes, and thank you for the compliment. You know, people say those things. I'm not a big-headed guy. You know, I'm just, you know, a regular guy in my mind. But you are not just a regular guy. You've been involved in the San Francisco Jets fan club for a long time. You folks are really doing great things out there. So I want to bring you to my audience. I want you to tell them what even made you become a fan of the New York Jets? Yeah, I'm kind of a big thing. <laughs> if you're laughing with me. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> when did I get the Jets disease? Uh, not only a big thing, but I'm also an old thing, prehistoric. So my Jets disease goes way back and, um, the interesting thing for me is I'm, I'm Italian-American, and Dad was born in Brooklyn. Now, the older uncles and my grandpa, they like the baseball giants, and they like the Dodgers, and they also like the football giants, right? Um, so uh, my oldest uncle wasn't as cool, and my grandpa was my grandpa, but my 
my cool uncle and my dad were both Jets fans, right? They loved Joe Willie Namath and the white shoes and the fur coat, and they moved out to Long Island, and it was just Jets, Jets, Jets all the time. And I didn't have a choice, right? And and uh, I wouldn't change any other thing. Interestingly enough, I'm also a Mets fan, and then my mom's from Liverpool, and uh, kind of like the Yankees and the the Jets, or the the Yankees and the Mets and the you know Giants and the Jets. Half of my family's Liverpool, another half are Everton, and Everton's the underdog. So I guess I'm kind of an underdog uh, kind of guy, but I think we're turning things around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. You know, we're gonna we're definitely looking like we're headed in the right direction, and we're gonna get into that. But you talked a bit about you know how you became a Jets fan and what gravitated you towards putting this Jets jersey on. When you look at this situation, man, everything out there in San Francisco, there's a lot of different fans out there. It's a mixture of a lot of people. How did your fan club come about, man? Yeah, um, so the mixture of the people, like just kind of taking the temperature out here, is the Niners fans, they drink Chablis, and then they, you know, they eat sushi, and they're kind of like oh, yeah. finesse. <laughs> yeah, they let their football yeah. kind of be smash mouth, but the fans are finesse, and it's easy to get mm-hmm. along with. Now, Raiders, oh, my God. I'm so glad to get rid of them. My property values Woo. are soaring now. It's just so good. I could breathe clean air. So good. <laughs> um, so now, how did we get started? Well, I was just looking for like-minded Jets fans and, you know, finding a home to hang my hat. Um, and, uh, you know, you know me, Long Beach. I like like a – like a nice tavern or bar, you know, uh, yeah. a shock guy. And um, I made some friends, and I got introduced to a couple other Jets fans. But still, we, you know, that was chapter two. We didn't, we didn't actually, you know, figure out how to start a fan club yet. Um, what happened mm-hmm. was I had to go on this odyssey, if you will, a journey, where I went on meetup.com and I found a couple other, you know, folks. And then we tried on different bars, like Goldilocks. This one's too hard. This one's too smooth. And then right under our nose was this Red Sox fan who was my, my bartender. He's like, hey, Dino, you're a Jets fan. Evan, who's now our bartender for our Jets meetups, you're a Jets fan. I'm going to turn on the volume. You guys go out and tell all your friends. And it just blew up. When we added, you know, a little sprinkle of Brett Favre and his torn, you know, <laughs> torn pectoral muscle, things were just going off. They were turning away runway models because – they couldn't get in the door. It was fantastic. <laughs> now you're talking about how everything came about. Where can like you talked about all the bars that you toured and where you found your right spot. Can you please announce to my fan club or my my uh, listener base where can people hang out with you folks? Like where's the addresses? Where where can they come on by and check you folks out? Yeah, so Long Beach isn't the only handsome fella here. I'd love to shake hands with you. Come on by, BBS Rec Room. It's spelled W-R-E-C-K Room. And uh, if anyone's been to San Francisco, there's a historic uh, street called California Street. It goes over Knob Hill, you know, the expensive uh, Boardwalk Park Place neighborhood. Um, If anyone's seen Mm -hmm. Steve McQueen's famous car, Chase, it goes right through there. But it bottoms out on Hyde Street, California and Hyde. And, and that's right where the rec room is. Uh, the exact address for those scoring at home is 1390 California Street. Mm. Yeah. And, again, everyone, if you're in the San Francisco area, please get involved. 
with this fan club because they absolutely bring the ruckus. Now, when we're talking about what it's like being a Jets fan, you know it's tough. I know it's tough. There have been years that have been even tougher, you know, because we haven't been winners. But you're up there in that San Francisco area. You talked about being up there with Raiders fans and, and Niners fans, and I know that there's, there's even, you know, Cowboys fans up there. What has it been like all this time just being up there wearing your green jersey, going around, do you get talked talk too crazy out there? You, those Raiders fans, I know they get after you, don't they? Yeah, so the Raiders fans go all the way back to the AFL, so we kind of moved into the NFL together, you know, Joe Namath and all that kind of stuff. So I have a lot of respect for them. So I was kind of kidding, you know, that they moved to Vegas. But Cowboys fans, oh, that's a whole new breed. We just need to stop that. Woo! Whatever we can do. You know, saltpeter oh, and water. Just God, get some Roundup. Just make it go away, please. But um, just you know what it's like being a Jets fan in the city. Uh, you know, is that I rock my my green and white, and I get a lot of sympathy. But then you know, lately I'm getting a lot of wow. You know, you guys are turning it around. Wow, that draft yep. was fantastic. So. There's yep. a big uptick, you know. If you're looking at that Dow Jones thing going, it's it's trending up. It's looking good. Yeah. yeah, and things are. Things have really turned around. And I know we were talking about your fan club. I want to talk to you about this team for a little bit, though, Dean, because I know, you know, just like me, you, you know, you bleed green. You love this football team just as much as I do. And we're watching the moves and all the things that have been kind of shaking out between Robert Douglas and Joe, or sorry, Robert Sulla and Joe Douglas, all the things that they've been doing. What are your thoughts on this, this combo and how they've been able to really turn around the franchise? How do you feel about Robert Sulla and Joe Douglas? How do you feel about the job they've done? You know what? I love their chemistry, watching them together. It might be Robert Douglas. <laughs> Joe, Joe Sulla. I don't, I don't know. Those guys are just wonderful to watch. And, you know, it's funny, like, let's just all, you know, agree. I'm going to bring up something that's going to cause a lot of pain and disdain. Adam Gase. I'm going to roll back the clock to Adam Gase. Oh, I think man. I thought he had something to do with us getting Joe Douglas, you know. Um, and and yeah. if he did, it might be worth it. I think their path crossed uh, with the Chicago Bears years ago. Anyhow, it's a perfect yeah. storm because – while Adam Gase is busy destroying everything in sight like forest fire, he got Joe Douglas in the door, you know, with that forest fire, mm-hmm. that fertile, earthy mulch to kind of rebuild. And uh, he, you know, um, he's just been awesome. He, he has a process. He's inclusive. He takes input from all the people who have knowledge. There's no cross-pollination of that input to kind of poison the well. I mean, unless we get Ozzy Newsom himself, we couldn't do any better. I'm just so happy. Um, and then, you know, he's been a little bit like Mike the Trader Tannenbaum. You know, he's been trading up. Uh, he's been uh, trading out like Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, and then he even got a fourth-round pick for Chris Herndon. <laughs> so so yeah. he's been a magician, yep. and he's been just impressive. And I just love watching those two guys be pressers together. Um, I I don't know if you watched, I'm sure you did, uh, what they call it, uh, Take Flight 2022, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that mm-hmm. one scene of Jermaine Johnson uh, dropping and Joe Douglas pounding the phones and trying to trade up, you know, and 
I don't know if you know, Joe, my background is in sales, and I saw a lot of, you know, parallels, you know, other than all the cajoling and and pounding the phones and smiling and dialing that I do in my living. I saw, you know, Joe doing that right Mm -hmm. there in the war room. But, I mean, he – you never – in sales is an adage. You never – win a deal by yourself and you never lose a deal by yourself, right? It takes a village. And he really carries that philosophy forward and uh, he trusts his process. Um, in fact, his process to find Robert Sala was impressive. He hired someone he didn't have a history with. And, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know, nepotism in the NFL and it doesn't help anybody. Rather, he picked the right guy for his team and, and this time. And uh, I was impressed with Joe Douglas through that process, but getting to Sala, oh, I mean, I love the guy. He's a poet and a prophet, and he walks it like he talks it. You know, he he's giving principles to life to his players that I'm applying to my own life, and I'm loving it. Um, what his mantra, all gas, no brakes, means from the, the moment that you wake up. No, no, no. From the moment you decide to wake up all the way to the mm-hmm. day, all your actions have to align to one goal, the team going to the Super Bowl. And then he does yep. a great job of aligning or supporting the player's goals with his own. Hey, I'm going to make you the most profitable, marketable player, so that way when you get to your next contract, you're really going to maximize it. How can we work together? And I just love watching mm-hmm. him operate. I love watching him work. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. And even when you talked a little bit about, you know, yeah, Adam Gaze, I'm glad that he is gone. But, uh, yeah, him getting rid of Mike McCagden and then that search, that general manager search behind, you know, us getting rid of Mike McCagden is what brought, um, you know, Joe Douglas to the forefront because it was all about who can work with Adam Gaze. And that was one of Adam Gaze's, you know, guys, buddies, a guy that he was close with. And so that's what kind of brought him here. So there was some you know, rebirth out of the destruction <laughs> that was, you know, McCagden and Gates, which was a complete mess. You know, that was a complete mess. But when you talk about some of the moves that he's been able to make, you brought up some of the trades, you brought up some of the guys he's been able to kind of wheel and deal and move on from. But what was your favorite free agent signing that we did this offseason? Because there were so many. Uh, when you look at what we were able to do, we brought in guys that were really excited to be here because of what we're building – you know, what is a guy that you look at and you're like, man, I'm so excited for him being a Jet? Uh, I can't contain my excitement right now just saying <laughs> it's so incredible and awesome. But Lakin Tomlinson, without a doubt, was the best signing, elite Pro Bowl guard, right? Uh, with, with, with some more tread on the tire after such a perfect, you know, record. And then now we've got him protecting Zach's blind side. And the whole line coming yep. together, as you knew, I think we were using what the forest fire analogy or allegory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there wasn't a lot to, to talk about. I think my boy Mateen mentioned winters and mm-hmm. your former call. But, I mean, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, he, he's, um, he's without a doubt the best signing we have. But, you know, conceptually, I think – you can make a point or argument that signing not one but two tight ends for the first time in over a decade is is mm-hmm. pretty amazing. I mean, we we didn't have a tight end room, period, you know, or at least nobody can find it if we did last year, which is really kind of, you know, I've been kind of putting 
Joe Douglas on a pedestal and worshiping him here, but there's a big question. Why didn't he get any tight ends last year, knowing that Mike LaFleur depends on him? I mean, we could all go back and watch some games coming out of, like, uh, you know, 49ers video room and knowing that they depend on tight ends. We had nobody. That was weird. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, there was a lot to fix on the football team, though. We had, we were still True. trying to find guys <laughs> to come in and figure out the offensive line. I mean, why why have, you know, uh, some of the guys that we had there, Connor McGovern and, and Van Roten didn't work out. You know, he was trying to fix. There were so many things that was wrong with this building. <laughs> he had to pick. He was like, okay, well, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this when I can. And then, there again, there was salary cap construct, uh, restrictions, too, because, remember, there was still some big contracts. There was a lot of things that he was trying to figure out and, and move, but he was able, like you said as well, to come into this offseason and really clean a lot of things up. And a lot of people talk about the signing of Lakeland Tomlinson, which is phenomenal. Again, a Pro Bowl guard, he's coming in. Now Zach is not going to be running for his life. He's going to be properly protected. We move a lot to Vera Tucker, who we've seen just be phenomenal last season. We get to move him to the right side. And so now with, you know, him being properly protected, I think we'll see a step up in offense. He also upgraded, you know, the wide receiver position as well, getting Garrett Wilson. You talked about all these other guys. And that leads me to my next question for you. You know, talking about Garrett Wilson and some of the other upgrades we made, you talked about his wheeling and dealing within the draft. What were your thoughts about our draft as a whole, man? Sure. So first off, touche. Thanks for the uh, reality bomb of making me realize <laughs> that Joe Douglas was trying to change the tires on the car while it was still moving, right? And also, back to the trader, Mike comment, the year prior, he traded up to get my boy ADT, who's just going to be awesome and fantastic. So I'm putting him back on the pedestal. I'm dusting him off, and I'm moving on to the draft. And <laughs> it was just, just amazing. Um, the first off, uh, we have such a great dialogue amongst the members here in the, you know, Jets Fan Club San Francisco. And, you know, I got to tip my cap to some of my fellow members for, you know, the varied – the very lenses they have on the same team we love and um, their knowledge is just fantastic. It's still sharp. It's still, I learned something new every day, not from our beat writers, not even from, you know, great talking heads, handsome talking heads like yourself, but from my friends, you know, these Jets members, they're fantastic. And we were so teed up for this draft and um, I hosted a party over at my house and uh, Mateen, who you uh, interviewed, uh, earlier this year and I think routinely every year because he brings such a great uh, perspective as a player and a fan both, uh, you know, really, really uh, great interview. But so Mateen was here and a bunch of us others and he couldn't go any better. Um, I think we all had our druthers. Um, I was looking for uh, a pass rusher and Mm. um, yeah, so I was thinking Thibodeau all the way. And uh, yep, I got there. Sauce, who's my, my plan B. So no complaints. No no complaints. And, and it looks like he's living up to the bill. I mean, um, from what we've seen of him so far, uh, he, his traits are just through the roof, and his commitment has always been fantastic in college and, and throughout. So um, a very high floor, you know. And, and uh, mm-hmm. then from there, you know, Ah, uh, so funny thing is Mateen wanted Hamilton. <laughs> He's a mm-hmm. big safety fan, and Hamilton's yeah. a big safety. Um, and uh, 
So I told him, I said, just like Hamilton, he's got no no shot. <laughs> because like we didn't want, I didn't want him to ten, man. But uh, I, uh, I, when we went wide receiver, I kind of saw that coming. I wanted Drake London. That was going to be my Plaxico Bereft two dot Yep. And yep. when I think Atlanta took a wide receiver, I was like, okay, you know, here's the wide receiver run. And again, kudos to uh, you know Douglas doing what he could to try to get you know an elite proven wide receiver, a veteran, you know, free free agency, right? He ran through every hoop and jumped, you know, we didn't get one. So we knew we were going to get one. I just didn't know if we were going to wait to the top of the second or trade up towards the bottom of the first. So we did take mm-hmm. one at 10. And then I was twisting. I was not a happy camper. I was, you know, not looking for yeah. it, a little green, but yep. I was watching the ticker. I was watching my boy JJ, Jermaine Johnson, and I was just like that flight, you know, uh, 22 uh, video, you know, where everybody in the boardroom, mm-hmm. like, he's dropping, and then Joe's banging the phones, and we're all waiting. It was just like the year prior that we went up to get ABT. You know, we got <laughs> we got Jermaine Johnson, and I peed my pants. Yeah. It was, just, it was the, the euphoria. We were all hugging each other. Beer was spilling, and it tasted like champagne. And then we slept through the night, woke up with a hangover, washed her hair, drunk again, and we got a guy that could have been drafted in the first round too, Brees Hall. And he traded, Easily. traded up Easily. to do it. Yeah, yeah, because we had a leapfrog Houston, and I just he's just a demigod. I mean, I just couldn't say this draft couldn't go any better. Four guys yeah. that belong it, it, in the first round, amazing. Yeah, it was it was it was insane, Dean, and I was right there with you when okay, I watched us get sauce. I was a big Thibodeau guy as well. I was hoping we get Thibodeau, but we got sauce, not upset at all. Okay? All right, we got a great corner. Then I thought we were going to go Jermaine Johnson at ten. I swore we were. I thought it was said, it was done. We took Garrett Wilson. I wasn't upset with Garrett. I like Garrett as a wide receiver here. Excited to have him here as a Jet. But just like you I said to myself, where's the pass rusher? Because that was my big thing as well. The New York Jets need to address the pass rush like no tomorrow. Let's get it done. We haven't had a guy in so long that can get to the quarterback. Let's make it happen. Watching him trade back up to grab Jermaine Johnson as he continued to slide, it was just a masterful move. It truly was. And that's when I was like, okay, this draft is going to be something else. And like you said, as other things started to play out as well, we started to see that he was really starting to arm the offense, right? He went out and got Brees Hall. We saw Jeremy Rucker be brought in, other moves that have been made as well. Max Mitchell a little bit later on in the draft to really bulk up the depth of the offensive line. And I think a lot of the things that Joe Douglas was able to do, not only in free agency but also in the draft, showed that he was all about arming Zach Wilson, right, protecting his assets, doing whatever he could to really groom and mature Zach Wilson to figure out what this kid is. So that brings me to my next question for you. What are your takes on Zach Wilson after watching him last season? And what are your expectations for him coming into this season with all that we've done to help him out offensively? Yeah, so I've been monitoring Zach quite closely because let's let's face facts. Like you just said, you know, our strategy is really focused on, you know, the young quarterback, right? Protecting him, giving Mm -hmm. him weapons, and uh, 
as he goes, so goes the team. And I've been watching where he goes because he's been traveling quite a bit, building chemistry and mm-hmm. timing with his wide receivers. He's gone to Provo, Utah, Scottsdale, Arizona, Hollywood, Beverly. He's gone to all the Cougar dens. Yeah, he's been going to all the Cougar <laughs> dens across America. That's here, right. here we go. <laughs> Dean Barbella, everybody. You know Dean coming. Barbella. You know it. The flying oh, yeah. Barbella. You knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I think this whole mess is actually going to help him. You know, he, he's going to be considered a dog in the locker room. He's got that young boyish face. Nobody can question his commitment, you know, and he's mentally yeah. stuck tough. But I think it's actually going to help him focus on football. I mean, he can't go out of the house with someone say, you know, full on Kevin's mom. So I think it's going to help him. So I guess I can finally answer this question. Um, if he will, I leave. Um, I, I think if we look at last season, right, so we'll just kind of level set there. It was a tale of two seasons, right, you know. Um, he's, he, he was taken number two overall because we want the next Mahomes, you know, or Brett Favre, you know, the gunslinger, the guy to do that sandlot football. But, you know, everybody comes in the NFL and find out, you know, there's the, a the, the tighter window, faster athletes out there, and they pay their dues. And I, I think he paid his dues quite a lot. Um, and then Mike White came out and played the game of his life, and they retired his jersey in Canton. <laughs> Not a good look for our boy Zach. So Zach sat out with his injury, and when he came back, um, cap tip to him. I mean, I don't know if the game necessarily slowed down for him, but yet he bought into Michael Flores' system. He let the playmakers be playmakers. He played small ball, and he looked good doing it. Um, so, um, you know, was he was he was he fantastic? No but he was markedly improved from the beginning of the season. And I think we can keep on tracking on, on that. I mean, um, he's put on the weight. He, he has been committed to working on the timing with this new offense coming together. And now yep. he has tight ends for the first time. That's a quarterback's, you know, um, security blanket. Now he's got a running game, which sets up the, pla- the path. And, I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at – Somebody like Wilson coming up in Seattle, I mean, it was all about the running game and setting up the path. And for two years, they didn't expect him to be who he became. And I think that's the strategy here is really coming together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm looking at the situation and I'm saying Zach Wilson has so much, you know, to really – lean on this season. You talked about the running game, and I always bring up that we're in a run-first offense. I don't think a lot of people know that because our running game was so bad last year. It really was. Uh, We couldn't get our running game going, and I think that that really cost us going down the line because it was very easy to defend the New York Jets, really easy. You came out, you put eight in the boxes. We can't run the football, so you don't have to worry about that because our offensive line wasn't there. So, you know, especially, again, Connor McGovern and Greg Van Roten, they were just letting up pressures and, and hits all day, and you just send the house to Zach, and, you know, he's a, he's a young kid trying to dissect things, a rookie quarterback trying to figure things out. So you're either going to smack him and get a big hit, you're either going to, you know, strip him or something like that, or you're going to get an interception. And a lot of that times that's what we saw, a lot of issues there, especially with the protection going up front. So 
seeing Joe Douglas address that and step up and get better, I think it's going to help Zach Wilson because now we'll be able to hand the ball off to Michael Carter. We'll be able to hand the ball off to Brees Hall and be able to get some yards. If you look at what we run, the Shanahan office, the Niners run it. I know you you know, seen that up close and personal. They run the football effectively up there, and we've seen that offense be able to do what? Continue to push, make playoff spots, continue to push in the playoff spots, push to, to be in Super Bowls and stuff like that. You know, we've seen that push from them. I mean, if you look at the Shanahan scheme, Jimmy G is not a great quarterback, and we've seen the, the Niners have great success with him because the running game was solid and the play calling was solid, and it put a lot of players in positions to be able to make plays, get the, balls in the, get the ball in the hands of the right guys, and they just made their moves. And we saw that last season. You know, again, like you said, down the stretch with Zach, we saw a change in things. So I'm hoping that this year the running game really steps up and gets going forward. But I think a big part of that is going to be, again, this offensive line coming together, being able to gel. And I think one of the biggest parts of that is Makai Beckton. Now, there's been a lot of talk about him, Dean, and I want to get your thoughts on this because you know this team <laughs> through and through. There's yeah, been a so lot I'm of talk laughing, about um, this guy. He, so, he's, so. He's, he's A lot of people saying he's overweight. A lot of people saying, you know, he's a bum, he's a bust, and all this stuff. What do you make of all the negative comments about Makai Beckton, and what are your expectations of him this season? Yeah, I'm not going to be popular with you because um, I listened to you and the team like a little while ago. I, I haven't been impressed with the kid. I I think that on draft day, if I recall, because a little fuzzy, it's three years ago, um, that uh, Joe said, hey, remember that conversation that we had? And that conversation, you know, Joe, was centered on control your weight, you know? And I just don't think that you know, going back to the, the Robert Sala mantra, you know, where you have to do the little things that get you to the Super Bowl, I don't think that he's been out chopping wood and committing, you know. Now, I, I, I am a dad. I got an eight-year-old, so I know the idea of, like, when your wife's pregnant, you get sympathy weight, you know. So he's been home, expecting a newborn, probably sitting on the sofa, and, you know, good for him, but Look at other guys like Fant, look at, you know, Zach, and, you know, everyone's got a nutritionist, and they're, you know, putting on the right weight and everything. And he showed up to the camp in that bus shirt, and, you know, 400 pounds is 400 pounds is 400 pounds. So, you know, I can't tell if he loses 20 or adds 20, but he didn't look like he was in good shape. And you know that guys like Sala are leaking to the, the beat writers, you know, and the beat writers are telling us how it is. I mean, on one hand, they need to – you know, get some clicks and sell some newspapers. On the other hand, this is what they're hearing. And, you know, Saul is pretty good at saying the right things on camera to, I don't know if embarrass is the right word, but motivate his players, right? And they weren't happy with how he showed up. And now he's got to chop some wood and get into, you know, good good condition because, you know, they already told him, prior to the offseason that, you know, he's in a battle for his position with fans. I mean, if that's not motivation, I don't know what is. So I, I, he, he does not seem to be mentally tough like a lot of the players that that we, we've got. we got guys like Elijah. Wow. Moore. That's your template. Okay. He's mentally wow. tough. But, no, I, I'm, I, I, I see Makai reacting. I don't see him mm-hmm. quietly committed and mentally doing the things he needs to do. Um, I think he's more reactive, and they think he's a little childish. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you what, Dean. I'm going to give you some pushback because I disagree. And the reason why I disagree is if you look at – 
if if you look at a lot of the things that we've seen from him, right, after the 400-pound thing, I don't think that's true. And the reason why I don't think that's true is because there's been a long history of people saying that he is overweight and he clearly is not overweight. I've seen people um, say that he's overweight, especially last season. They were saying he was overweight in the off season, and he was posting videos and pictures from camp, and he was not overweight at all. Even coming into this year, right, again, he dislocated his kneecap. We all know that. And there was other structural stuff going on with his knee. A lot of people tried to hold that he wasn't, you know, that he didn't come back against him and all that stuff. But his trainer, and, I, and people can go look this up, his trainer, Duke Mayweather, who's extremely close to him, literally said publicly that he was never going to come back that season and that the injury that he had was much more detrimental than what was being reported, right? So he sits back again. He's dealing with the injury. He's already a big guy. We all know that, right? He was, he was big when he got here, and he was literally the best player on our offense. You could argue that. And he was a top whatever tackle, top 10 easily tackle in the league uh, his rookie year. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Jets fan. I am saying that because there were, you know, ana- uh, analysts, there were guys like Damian Woody, who's been in the league for years, came out and was like, listen, this guy is a serious business, right? So then coming into the, the season after that, right, he was leaner than he, than he was his rookie year. Uh, last season, people were still saying that he was fat. Now, when you look at this situation and you talk about, you know, the big butt shirt, that shirt was huge, and I think it was big for a reason because he's also taken pictures recently where he doesn't look anywhere near out of shape or 400 pounds. He doesn't at all. As a matter of fact, Sella also came out recently, and this was like within the last couple of days in the interview, talking about how Makai Beckton's knee is 100%, and it looks like everything's ready to go with him. They're seeing him. He's there. You know, they, they keep in contact with him every single day. His knee's 100%, and his weight is down. He said that publicly. So I understand what a lot of people are saying. I, I don't understand the mentally tough stuff. I think Makai Beckton is extremely mentally tough, and he's letting people know that he's hearing them, and he's hearing everything that they're saying, that, that whole – with the big bust and all that stuff, he, he literally said in a press conference, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to make the people that doubted me eat their words. I think that there's a lot of pressure on Makai Beckett, and I can understand why. He's a first-round pick. He's phenomenal. There's a lot of people that have things. But I think that there are some things that are being reported or some things that are being said about him that are extremely unfair. You get somebody thrown into the back of you, that's not an injury that just, like, it wasn't like he was walking out into the field and just, you know, his ankle snapped in two and he's brittle. No, he had a grown man, Greg Van Roten, who honestly shouldn't have even been on the roster because he was that bad. He had a grown man thrown into the back of him, right? But I personally believe that when Makai Beckton, if he is fully healthy, and this, that's what Sulla said, that the knee's good, I'm sure they're going to take their precautions. We'll talk about this throughout the show. But with Makai Beckton fully healthy, if he, his knee's good, when it's time to go and get out there, he will easily be our starting left tackle. I think George Fenn is great. I think he did a great job last season. He's a good tackle. He's not Makai Becton. Makai Becton, when fully healthy, is an elite tackle in this league. Elite. And it's not even close. He's one of the top tackles in this league, and he is dominant. I watched him shut down top pass rushers in his rookie season. I watched it happen. I watched him grab guys that he should not be able to grab and take them to the dirt like they were children. I watched it happen. No, I watched I, us. I watched all I watched the videos. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tell, I know you remember. I'm telling you, the rookie year when we started to run behind him, 
that's when we saw a lot of success in the running game was running left. You can go back. There's a lot of breakdowns and stuff about that, too. And I understand the highway frustration that some fans yeah. may feel, but, uh, yeah, that's what they called them, Highway 77. You're right. I understand that some of the frustrations that some Jets fans feel about this situation, but I feel like some of it is being a little misguided to go after him when, you know, there, there's other factors that go on. But I understand what you're saying. I, I, I'll give you a word. What are your thoughts, of, you know, after me saying that? How do, you, do you still feel the same way about Beckton, or are you willing to give him a chance, or are you ready to just say, hey, you know, it, it's said and done there with you, for you? Oh, I'm going to continue to disagree with you. It's up to Beckton mm-hmm. to make you right or me right. And I okay. certainly hope that you are right. Um, he's a guy that has the highest ceiling, but then the floor is tied to his weight, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, what I, what I said is the expectations that I'm getting are set by the beat writers, and there's information coming out of, you know, you know one Jeff drive to the beat writer saying, you know, the Jets brass is upset. And he shows mm-hmm. up in the shirt, and I talked about mental toughness because it's the little things that get you to the Super Bowl, and I'm not seeing it. And so if he shows up in shape and he realizes his position is hanging in the balance and he shows himself off versus fans, I couldn't be more pleased, right? If I'm going to go mm-hmm. – if I'm going to pick somebody to root for in this position battle, it's going to be Beckton over fans. He's the guy who has more years on the horizon. He's the freak, right, that has that special DNA of size and, you know, tap dancing ability. He's the guy that Mm -hmm. I want to win this battle. My frustration and my concern is that, you know, he hasn't shown me or from my outside looking in perception, you know, I'm I'm concerned that he hasn't been mentally tough. But I'm hoping that you are right, and I'm hoping that he proves me wrong for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. And, again, I, I know that there's a lot of talk about, you know, things coming out of the Jets facility. I just find it odd that nothing else ever leaks, right? Like when we talk about Joe Douglas and Robert Sullivan, the job they've done here, a lot of stuff that we talk about, too, is the fact that nothing ever comes out of the Jets facility anymore. Things used to leak it's with Mike McCagney. It's the a motivation. Yeah. No, that's deliberate. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you, but I just – I just find it weird that this is, you know, kind of getting out, but nothing, you know, else does. But, we'll, we'll, again, we'll see what happens going forward. I think Makai Beckton is going to be solid. So, Dean, you've been phenomenal, man. So my last question before I let you go is, what is your expectations of Carl Lawson coming back from this injury, and how excited are you oh. for him, you know, to get back on the field? How excited was I last year preseason, right? <laughs> oh, man. Boy. Dean, go His ahead. Achilles is my Achilles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. and, and, and going back to Mackay, every day I had to hear reports about his, you know, undersized, agile, bendy speed was just – he was, he was taking Mackay to school. And that's just a bad matchup for Mackay because Mackay played fantastically his rookie year. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't – no shade on Mackay for that comment, but it made me yeah. really excited about what, you know – what the Lawson could do. Now, um, going back to, like, you know, injuries and the draft and free agency, it seems like so many different positions, we didn't have someone because of injuries. Like, now we've got two safeties, one coming back from injury and another one 
you know, by way of free agency. And we have such an embarrassment of riches now on the, on the defensive line, on, on the, the edges, right? We got Jermaine Johnson on one side and we got Lawson coming back. I don't know, you know, how quickly or if he can bounce back, but as a man, and I've been using the word like mental toughness, you cannot find mm-hmm. someone more committed and mentally tough than, than, than Carl Lawson. And it's just great yeah. to have him in the locker room as well as on the field. And I just know other teams are just chomping on the bit to find out who we might cut across the defensive line because it's just looking yeah. so good. But there's one thing I can kind of bash Robert Sala on, or I guess Albrecht, is I'm not crazy about having to share time consistently across the defensive line. Like, I need more mm. and less shepherd, right? You know, yeah, not, yeah, I don't not know. all okay. ingredients are, are the same. Napa auto parts, yeah. you know, stop that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dean Barbella, All my everybody. original material. I mean, comedic genius. <laughs> comedic genius. If you need a joke, I'm sure he yeah. writes jokes. He'll, he'll get them to you quickly. Listen, Dean, I want to thank you for coming on my show. It's phenomenal to speak to you. Before I let you go, Give every one of my listeners every way that they can contact you, you folks with the uh, with the Jets fan club, and again where you folks meet and how they can just get involved, man. Sure. So other than Mateen's physical address, which I'm going to give you, um, I think that you can meet us up at the rec room, right? The rec room is right on California Street and and Hyde, and uh, you know when we're not watching Jets games out there. Everyone knows this bar because the bar is fantastic. Uh, the owners, uh, Todd and Chris, will take care of you. Our bartender is mm-hmm. one of us, a Jets fan, one of the originals. That's the Boston guy I introduced us to. His name is Evan Frey. He will never forget your name, and he'll say hello and have your beer at the bar when you walk in the door. It's fantastic. So that address yeah. is 1390 California Street, and you can come find us you know, online on Facebook. Our wall is Jets fans in San Francisco and uh, love to talk to you online. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, Dean, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. It was phenomenal to speak to you. You know, I love going back and forth with you about this football team. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Me too. Take care. Bye now. Cheers. All right. Listen, that was Dean Barbella, the San Francisco Jets fan club. If you're in San Francisco, get involved with those people. Listen, man, everyone knows I truly enjoy talking to Dean, all those guys out there. You know what I'm saying? Those San Francisco guys get after it. But now we got to get back to this football team, man. And listen, we got to get to the people. Okay, salute to all the savages in the chat talking. We're going to get to go on with training camp. Salute to all the callers. I'll get to you folks in just a second. But salute to my guy, Mike, in the chat. I said salutes to Mike with the big, 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 big Mike in the chat says, go, Joe. Salutes to you, Mike. Thank you again for giving to the platform with the big, 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 big Truly appreciate it. Salutes again to all the savages, Cameron, Chef. Steel, Jet King, J. Cole, Jeremy, salutes to everybody. Lines is open again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. We're going to get to everybody in a second. Phenomenal, again, speaking to Dean. 
I'm going to get back to what we were talking about before. So, again, training camp is open. Uh, rookies reported on the 19th. Veterans on the 26th. Jeremy uh, Ruckert is on the NFI list because of the foot injury word uh, that is being reported as plantar fasciitis. We all know that that's something that you have, it takes a bit of time to heal. And if you continue to, you know, pound the pavement with it, then you're going to have some issues. So they're letting that heal up. You know, hopefully it comes off in a second. Now, as, again, as training camp continued to play out, we saw that my boy Brees Hall, okay, was able to get signed, all right? Brees Hall is officially a Jet. Let's go. My boy Brees Hall in the building. Brees Hall has been signed. It's a four-year deal, $9 million contract. Uh, it includes a $3.7 million signing bonus. So now the Jets, you know, have everybody signed. Everybody's in the building. It's all said and done. Everything's good to go from the draft. Now, again, the Jets, you know, guaranteed 100% of Brees' third-year salary. So we're seeing, again, the growth of Joe Douglas. No more of these things that's going on, you know, where guys are holding out from camp and they're not coming in and he's trying to struggle with them contracts. Look, let's get it done. Let's get the guy in the building said and done. So that is huge. Brees Hall is now officially a Jet, and, again, him, Michael Carter in the backfield, we're going to be running the football this year for sure. You know what I'm saying? Again, I love Brees. I think he's phenomenal. He's a back again. We got in the second round. That could have easily have been a first-round guy, right? A lot of people, you know, clearly saying, hey, he's the best back in the draft. Here we are. We've got two good backs. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on Michael Carter. I really, really do. I think Michael Carter is still a guy that you're going to have to look out for. He's going to be putting in some work. But having Brees Hall in the building again, he's going to put in work too. He's definitely going to get his carries. It's going to be a one-two punch. Brees Hall is a, a young back that can do a lot of things. Of course, we know he's, a, he's got some speed on him, and he can also come out the backfield, catch the football. So I'm excited to see what Brees Hall and Michael Carter are going to be able to do in this LaFleur system, especially with our upgraded offensive line. So that was a good signing here. Uh, you also see that the New York Jets also have added some guys to the PUP list. Again. Mike, uh, excuse me, Makai Becton is on the PUP list to start camp. George Fant, uh, Carl Lawson, CJ, tight end is going to be there. CJ Uzama is going to be on the PUP list as of now. And Drew Sama is going to be on the, on the PUP list as well. Again, I think a lot of people looked at this situation, particularly with Makai Becton, and said, well, why is he on the PUP list? What's going on here? You have to keep in mind that the PUP list is, is not going to – you know, necessarily kill guys for weeks, okay? Again, all of those guys on the PUP list are able to participate in meetings. They're able to use the team facility. They remain on the active roster, and they can be removed from the list at any time, at any time. So I think especially with a guy like Makai Beckman, I think the New York Jets are just being cautious. They're being cautious, making sure that that knee is above 100%. We heard Mike McCagnan say, hey, or not Mike McCagnan, we heard Joe Robert Sella come out and say, but that knee is looking solid. It looks like it's good to go. It's 100% where – but I think they're just being cautious with him. And I think the big thing about them being cautious is we look at what happened last season, right? Look at what happened last season where we had all these injuries. I do not think they want to deal with that stuff at all again. We saw that Quentin Williams missed time because he had a foot injury. We saw Mike, uh, we Makai Becton go down. We saw Elijah, uh, Elijah Moore miss time as well. So did Elijah Vera Tucker. So I think they're just being cautious with those situations. I think everything will be fine. And, again, tomorrow they can take him right off that PUP list and he'll be out there ready to go. Same thing with George Pant. So 
I think they're just giving these guys time, giving them time to, like, fully, fully, fully heal up until they feel like they are ready to go, and then, boom, they'll be back out there. So all of those five guys on the PUP list, the New York Jets have also signed Craig James and placed Greg Sinat on the reserve non-football injury list. Craig James being brought in at corner, that's going to be solid to see, you know, where he gets within the mix. So I'm excited about all these moves, man. Training camp is here again. The veterans report on the 26th. That's about four days away. And things are going to get fired up, and we're going to be ready to go, man. So I'm excited about training camp, where the New York Jets are headed, and how everything's starting to play out, man. I just want to make sure that guys get into camp, battle, do what they got to do. But I want guys to get out healthy, okay? That's the big thing for this offseason. We saw it really cost us last offseason. I want guys to battle, but I want guys to get out of camp get out of preseason, get into the season healthy, you know. But there's a lot of battles to be had in camp, a lot of position battles as well. And, man, there's a lot to go into. So I could talk all day, and I'm going to do that <laughs> about this football team because I'm so fired up, all right? You know what I'm saying? I Here love we it. go! I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love going back and forth. But we've got to get to the callers again, 515 Six zero two nine six three nine is the number. Call in. We are taking all callers. First caller I'm going to go to, I think it's my guy, Mike. Mike from Bayshore is coming on. Mike, salute to you. For those of you that do not know Mike, Big he yo. brings the fire. Hold on. Mike, we already know what you bring to the table, bro. Get the seatbelt off me right now, bro. Get the seatbelt off me right now. Did I I not tell you to draft Jermaine Johnson, man? Come on, man. Talk to me. You did, man. You did, man. Listen, I want to talk to you about the hate that's going on with Makai Beckton right now. I know you probably have a lot to say about that. There's a lot of people have negative comments, man. How are you feeling about that situation going in? The training camp, yeah. man. What are Yo, you, what are you cousin, thinking about Makai Beckton at this point? My cousin is Manischewitz Mike, and he put that donation for us, man. You keep doing what you're mm. doing, bro. We're just going to keep it up, bro. We'll keep it up. And we'll, see you, we'll see you at the Baltimore game, bro. We'll see you there, bro. Absolutely. I promise you that, man. Let me Absolutely. tell you, man. I mean, Makai has to get up. Mm-hmm. He's got to get up, man. I, and and I, he... People don't realize he's not a Jeff Ogden. He's not a Max Starks. He's a different build. Max Starks was six eight. Mm-hmm. Jeff Ogden was six eight as well. But they're like basketball players. This is a beast mm-hmm. of a man. Yeah. Listen, all due respect, I would love for him to come into camp at like three seventy. He mm-hmm. didn't, but he's yep. doing the best that he can. Even mm-hmm. if we can move yeah. that right tackle, that's fine. We'll. We'll pound and grind, man. We'll pound. I mean, we got Brees Hall, bro. We got Brees yeah. Hall, man. I'm not. We got Brees Hall. Everybody panicking like we're sitting here like we have to be like this phenomena elite, whatever. But you know what? We're going to mm-hmm. pound and ground. Pound and ground, yeah. man. And everybody's got to yeah. relax and just, you know, leave Makai alone, man. Just let him do mm-hmm. his thing. If you ever seen him in person, he is the biggest human being you've ever seen in your life. And he's athletic. Mm-hmm. He is athletic as hell, man. And I get it. Yeah. Man. I wish I mean, he would have Yeah, he's he's a complete beast, Mike. I mean, he's he's a big guy. Like, again, he's posted a lot of pictures. He's he's definitely 
you know, looking looking slim. You know, he's slimming down for sure. I think a lot of people were on his right. bumper, and this guy is really putting in the work. You look at the workouts. You look at all the stuff that he's lifting. He's looking good, man, and he's a guy that's putting it together, again, coming off that dislocated knee. We know he's got a nutritionist. We know he's got all that stuff done because, again, the stuff is documented. So I'm excited about Mekhi Beckton. And you talked about Brees Hall, man, and what he's going to bring to this offense. I'm so fired up to see him and Michael Carter out there absolutely just destroying people. What do you think Brees brings to this football team, man, and do you expect him to come out that backfield and be catching the football within this offense as well? Oh, damn, Joe. He's going to be my third pick in fantasy football, and I haven't said that about Jeff. Okay. In I don't know how many years, bro. Let me tell you, man. Did I not or did I not call Najee Harris a year ago? You did. You did. You did. I'm not, it ain't no lie about that. You were a big, big Najee Harris fan. I, I heard you, you know, constantly going back and forth and moving back and forth, and you talked about how good he was going to be, and that kid's phenomenal. And I couldn't be more happy with Michael Carter. But look at mm-hmm. how Michael Carter can compliment this. Man, this kid is a beast. I mean, yeah. he can – I mean, I couldn't – listen, Joe, straight up, ride or die, bet the sky was sitting alive. This is the best draft that we ever had. And the first time in a long time, man, the last jersey I bought was Lavernius Coles. The next jersey I'm mm. buying is Jermaine Johnson, I tell you, boy. Oh, damn, bro. Yeah. We couldn't be more happy. Yeah. Like, this offense, people need to hold on, man. Be patient. This is not the same old Jeff. No, not no, it's not, old. man. It's not. Now, before I let you go, Mike, because you're bringing the heat, man, give me your thoughts about Carl Lawson. What are your expectations for him going into the season, especially, again, him man, and Jermaine Johnson being so on the top of the Man, I cannot wait. Man, he, he pulls his Achilles for a reason, people. He pulls his Achilles in- <laughs> He pulled his Achilles because he was fighting for something. Wait till you have him and Jermaine Johnson, and then we rotate Huff, and we rotate other players. Man, you guys have no damn idea what's going on here, man. Let me tell you about damn something. So, thank you. Let's go. Let's go. Listen, man, salutes again to Mike calling in. I want to thank him for calling in. He's gone now. Look, man, Mike bringing the fire. He'll bring it to you. He was talking that talk. And like he said as well, you know, the impact of pass rush, I think, on this football team is going to be huge. When you look at our defense, we struggled last season primarily against the pass uh, because we didn't have anybody that can bring any pressure. When you have a, a team out there that can, you know, their quarterback and their wide receivers have all this time to run around, then guess what? <laughs> you're going to find somebody eventually, right? If you got 30 years to throw the football, you're going to find somebody, and that's what we often saw. But this year, things have changed up. We've got Jermaine Johnson on one side. We've got, you know, Carl Lawson who's coming back. And, again, a lot of people had a lot of questions. I did as well. He's still healing up. But we've seen a recent workout video where that guy came out and he's running some pass rushing drills, and he, he, he pushed the guy and put him straight on his butt. That's a grown man. You know what I'm saying? And he still looks in great shape. So he's still putting in the work to do his thing. So I'm excited about Carl Lawson coming back. I think he can have a big-time impact on our defensive line this season. And I'm fired up to see what he's going to be able to bring to the table, man. Again, especially especially due to the fact that the New York Jets struggled in the pass rush. And now we got two guys that can bring the heat. And I think that we will see, we will see, 
that that is going to change how we run things defensively. I think we finally have the pieces, again, with everyone being healthy, I think we finally have the pieces to run Salah's defense effectively. Effectively. This is the first time in years. I don't think we have to send, like, a ton of blitzes and all this other stuff, right? We finally got not one, but two passers in the building that are going to be able to get some pressure without, you know, having to send three or four guys. We can just get pressure off the line. That's going to ease a lot of things up. And I also think that's going to improve the play of our secondary, too, because that's going to turn into turnovers. The less time you give a quarterback to make a decision, the more, you know, opportunity that you're going to have at catching an interception, you know, or getting a strip sack as well, getting the ball back. I think we're going to be able to shut a lot of people down that way. So, man, let me tell you something. Pass rush is going to be huge for the New York Jets in this upcoming season, but – even when you look at the New York Jets defense, when we talk about the secondary, I am so fired up about this safety position. I think a lot of people, you know, have had a lot to say about it and a lot of, you know, things that have, have been moving and shaking there. But I think that Joe Douglas has done a solid job there as well, kind of addressing some of the needs. Now, I know we've moved on from Marcus May, who's gone on and done his thing, right? He's with another team. And there was a lot of questions coming into this season, like, hey, what are the New York Jets going to do there? Well, the New York Jets brought back or brought back LaMarcus Joyner, who a lot of fans are kind of up and down about. I, I like LaMarcus Joyner, where he's going to be able to bring to the table at the safety position. He's a guy, you know, that's solid in coverage, a guy that can also come down. Now, again, that injury that he had last season really curtailed the season. He was gone early and done for the, the uh, most of, you know, pretty much all of the season darn year. Um, and, and we didn't see much of him. But the coaching staff is really high on this guy, bringing him back. And they also were able to sign Jordan Whitehead in the offseason, which is huge. Jordan Whitehead is a guy who played for the Bucks. We saw him. He, he won a Super Bowl, and he wasn't just some guy on the bench that won the Super Bowl. No, he was a guy that was putting it in, that played in the Super Bowl hurt and still was able to put in that work to, to assure that that team was going to get that ring. So he's a guy that comes with a championship pedigree. This is a guy that has been after it on a very good defense, and he's going to bring that mentality here. He's going to be able to tell these young players, listen, where you're trying to go, I've been, and I know what it takes to get to the top of that mountain, and here's what you need to do. So he's a guy that I'm extremely excited about as well. When we also talked about free agency signings, I was hyped about him too, was because he's a guy that's going to be able to come in and affect in, have a lot of effect in the running game as well. He's a guy that's going to be able to come down into the box and absolutely just lay hit after hit after hit. When you watch a lot of the issues that we had last season, some of it was, you know, guys not being able to effectively come down and rap when they tackle. We saw some broken tackles, too. We had issues tackling. Uh, I think someone in the chat kind of brought that up. Salute to the Savages as well going off. NY Jets FL in the chat said it as well. He said, and we also couldn't tackle. Yeah, we, we had issues. We definitely had issues with that fact. Well, Jordan Whitehead is going to absolutely just lay into you you know, he's going to come down and give some run support. And I know that there was some knocks on him in coverage, but he even publicly came out and said, listen, I hear, you know, the echoes going on here about, hey, Jordan can't cover and all that stuff. He said, no, I can cover, okay? I just wasn't asked to do that as much within the scheme. But if you want to put me and have me covered, then I can do that too. So I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table, man. And, again, he's a guy that, came in saying, look, I'm loving what the Jets are doing. I'm excited about Robert Sella, how the Jets are handling business. I want to come here, and I want to be here because of these things, because of what you folks are building. So I'm hyped to have him, man. And listen, when you talk about LaMarcus Joyner, 
You talk about Jordan Whitehead. You got to talk about when you talk about the safety position. I'm wondering if is this the year for Ashton Davis to step up? If this is this the year? Are we going to see him, you know, really step up and play well? Are we going to see that? Are we going to see him finally do what it takes to become, you know, a solid safety here? That's what I want to see. I think that's a big question for us when you look at this situation, man. Because, again, you got these safeties in here. We, we took you in the draft. You know what I'm saying? you got to pan out and be something. So I think that's a guy that when you look at this upcoming season, he's going to have big question marks around him too. You know, I want to see Ashton Davis do something. Just be solid. Be a solid depth safety because, again, we know that this seller's de- this seller defense is definitely going to utilize a lot of guys. We saw it last season, a lot of guys kind of moving in and out. Uh, sometimes we played a lot of three safety looks. Is Ashton Davis going to be that guy? You know what I'm saying? So we're going to see if Ashton Davis is going to be able to step up. Of course, I don't think he's going to be a starter. I don't think he beats out Jordan Whitehead or LaMarcus Joyner. But can you be a solid safety within that rotation? That's going to be a big question for Aston Davis because, again, he's got some guys that are going to be on his, his butt as well. You know, guys are going to push him. Will Parks is a guy that's going to push him. Elijah Riley, those guys are, are definitely going to push him. So we're going to see what happens there at the safety position, man, because let me tell you something. Those guys, Whitehead and Joyner, they're definitely going to bring it, man. And so the final thing I want to talk about is Tiki Barber. <laughs> Tiki Barber had a little bit of a discussion that he had about Zach Wilson. And I thought it was kind of kind of off, okay? Tiki Barber sat down a little bit, and he said some things about Zach Wilson, talked about how, you know, he feels like this offseason, there's been more talk about Zach Wilson off the field and his personal life than on the field. And it kind of threw me through a loop because I said to myself, how could you say that if you've been following the Jets intensely? If you've been watching the New York Jets, if you've been watching what we're doing, if you've been, you know, reading anything or looking at any of the interviews or watching anything from OTAs, there's no way you could say that because it's been the complete opposite. When you look at everything that has been surround, surrounding Zach Wilson, right, we've seen him completely step up and change so far. We've seen the physical step up with Zach Wilson. We clearly seen that he's hit the gym. He's solo said it himself. He's beefy. He's clearly much bigger. This guy's been hitting the weights. He's preparing his body physically for the season. He's preparing his body physically for the season. Okay. That's one thing. What about him preparing his mind as well? Right. If you hear any interview, even Zach himself has talked about how, He's watching tape. And when defenses are throwing things at him, different looks and stuff, he's watching tape. And he's watching guys that run similar systems to what we run here with the New York Jets. And he's figuring out how those guys are beating those defenses, utilizing the system that we have. And he's going to start attacking people the exact same way. If you listen to Mike LaFleur, Mike LaFleur came out and talked about how Zach seems to just be on it. He, he, he's definitely taken a step up, and he's, he's definitely taken a step up mentally, right? He's taken a step forward. He's a guy that all he has to do is say the play. Zach already knows what to do, and he's doling things out. Michael Floyd came out and said that his focus has changed. He sees it, right? 
So here we have the physical, we have the mental, which is one of the more important aspects of football. Because when you look at the mental, especially with the quarterback position, being able to dissect and figure things out quickly is to your benefit. I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers, right? But if you look at those guys, yes, the physical is there with all of those guys. But the mental, they're off the charts. Peyton Manning literally will just dissect everything you, you're doing on the fly and, and just handle business. We saw him dice, just dice people up for years, right? We've seen guys go out there, he'd be able to read your mail and put you away. Anything that you did he had seen before, he knew what you were doing, he would just destroy you. Same thing with Tom Brady. We saw him do this for years, be able to dissect the defense quickly. We see Aaron Rodgers be able to figure out what's going on out there from what? Preparation, studying, watching tape taking the game seriously. We're seeing the same thing from Zach, right? And, again, I'm not saying that he's any of those guys. Before, oh, you're saying he's Aaron Rodgers. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is preparation is what puts you in the position to become an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, a, like those guys. So that's what he's doing here. He's making sure that he's prepared for next season. He's taking it seriously, clearly. He's more concerned. He's putting the work in so that when he gets on that field, that he'll execute properly, physically, mentally. And then we talk about the leadership ability, right, especially with a young quarterback. That's what you want to see. Can this guy lead? You guys are facing your franchise. Does the team respect him? Do they, can he lead? We've seen that as well. He's gone out and ran own kind of Jets passing camp where he's gone out and been able to bring guys in threw passes to them during the offseason, sat down and discussed the offense with them. This is publicly known that he's done this. He was the guy that was running those camps. He's the guy bringing guys in. He's the guy connecting with these young wide receivers, making sure that they're on point and they're doing what they need to do, making sure that he can get his timing right with those guys. That is leadership. So when I hear things like this from Tiki Barber, I'm just wondering, man, what what are you talking about? You're dude? smoking crack. Stop. You gotta stop. If you're concerned about whatever's going on off the field, then that is your concern, sir. With all due respect, I love Tiki. I have nothing but respect for him. But I'm just tired of hearing people put these jets takes out there without really knowing what's going on. If you're more concerned about what he's doing off the field, then that is your concern. Okay? If you're more concerned about his off-the-field life, then that's your concern. But do not say that this guy is not doing what it takes on the field to make things happen, because he is. And I know that there's a lot of rumors and oh, so on and so forth, whatever. But if you look at what's going on in this offseason, where we've seen Zach Wilson come in bulked up, physically prepared for the season, where we've seen Zach Wilson be talked about as a guy that is, is going to take the next step forward. His focus has changed. He's got laser focus. He's ready to go. He wants to make sure that he knows what's going on out there and every single facet of football. He's studying the playbook. He knows the playbook backwards and forwards. I don't have to worry about things. I'm, Michael Ford literally came out and said, I'm calling the plays. He's high-fiving guys, and then he goes out there and just executes. Then we hear again about him running those camps, connecting with young wide receivers, talking, going back and forth with guys about this offense. We've got to stop, man. We've got to stop. 
this guy is ready and is preparing himself. If you guys want to talk about off-the-field activities and rumors and things that whatever you guys are talking about, whatever's going on that you believe is going on in his life or personal life, that, that's your business. But don't try to overshadow what this man is doing on the field. Don't try to overshadow the work that he's putting in for the New York Jets, and don't try to overshadow him doing everything that he can possibly do to take the next step forward in a sin as a young quarterback. Don't do that. Don't do that. What more do you want? What more do you want from me? What, What more do you want from him? And I get that it's fun to bash the Jets. I understand it. Right? From a media standpoint, to get you a lot of clicks, you dump on the New York Jets. It's been a long, you know, long, old, easy thing to do. Right? Low-hanging fruit. Oh, the Jets are a circus. You don't have to make sense. Oh, the Jets are this. You can, oh, unnamed, uh, unnamed source. I got a report. Oh, I can just say whatever about the New York Jets. Yeah, I'll just throw it out a wall, figure out if it sticks. Things have changed here. It's not the same. All right? And the fact that people continue to try old tricks in a new setting shows you that. Trying to say that Zach Wilson is more known for what's going on off the field than what's uh, – and that, then that is rumors, right, which is whatever. Trying to say that he's more known for what's going on just shows that you're not paying attention to what's going on in the field. Come on now. Let's be serious. Zach Wilson is putting in the work and doing what it takes to ascend as a young quarterback in this league. I had to get that out, man. It upset me. I'm not going to lie. Because I've never seen a guy mind his business, right, put in the work and then still be talked about like this. Again, that stuff is rumors. You guys are focused on things that don't matter. Okay, it's none of your business. Even it's it's just rumors. Be focused on what this guy is doing out there on the field. Because we took this guy high in the draft to be a young quarterback here, to be the franchise guy, to be the guy that's supposed to be leading us for the next ten plus years. And you got people talking about that. Whatever rumor is going on off the field is going to overshadow what's going. To, come on, let's wake up. So now I'm going to close the show out. Salutes to all the savages, man. Salutes to all the savages. Salutes to uh, Kyler Murray as well, just in case I didn't bring that up. He signed a big deal. I think it was a $230 no, million deal. Salute to him getting that money. I respect you. I respect you, Kyler. And if Zach Wilson becomes the guy that we want him to be, we're going to be paying quite a bit too. <laughs> We're going to be paying quite a bit too, but that's the, you know, that's today's NFL, and that's actually a, a good problem to have. If you found out that the guy that you drafted turns out to be the guy that you need for your franchise, you got to pay. So salutes to everybody <laughs> that listened. I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. I to let that one go, man. <laughs> I'm tired of people talking crazy about the Jets. I'm tired of it. So I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. 
I'm also on Twitter as well at YoungJ000. Again, YoungJ000, okay? Follow me, I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times. All right? I'm just saying. Right? I love USC. Everyone knows that. But all I'm saying is that this guy that we drafted, okay, we traded up. People were, some Jet fans were upset at first. Oh, we gave up this draft pick. Oh, we gave up that draft pick. Right? And we got one of the best young guards in the league. This guy's dominant, man. We'll move him to the right side. He'll just dominate over there. It doesn't matter. I, I, you know. I feel for defensive linemen that are going to have to match up against us because once he grabs you, you're just deleted from the game. This is what happens. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens when you take guards from SC. That's all I'm saying. Fight on. But I'll have my uh, Vera Tucker jersey on. You know what I'm saying? And you want to troll me? Let's go back and forth. We'll troll. I'm also on YouTube as well. Okay, come on over to YouTube, search Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Hit that subscription button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. And if you troll me, no issues. Again, get in those comments, and I'll troll you. We'll go back and forth. And as always, people, when you see me in person, okay, and you will see me in person, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone, free hugs for everyone, Okay. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. They will always remain free. I want to thank Dean Barbella for coming on the show. Phenomenal to speak to him from the San Francisco Jets fan club. Phenomenal Jets fan, knows his Jets through and through. Listen, if you're in that San Francisco area, get involved with the San Francisco Jets club any way that you can, okay? So with that said, I want to thank you folks for listening. You folks have a good one. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>